So what is news? A dreadful incident that happened at Haynes Primary School in Filippi in the Western Cape. A grade six math teacher shot, allegedly by two men who have since fled. Police are looking for them. I mean, we're dealing here with a, a 53-year-old with a wealth of experience, mm. contributing to his community through teaching, for the most part in Filippi. And uh, it's dreadful. I mean, condolences to the family, the, the yeah. you know, those close to him. And, and obviously... Those who were um, really just traumatized by the ordeal mm. that happened. I mean, a, a video that I saw was quite uh, traumatic. And I, I'm not going to share the video, but I'm just saying, you know, it's really a lot. And I hope they get the help and counseling they need. Let's bring in here Neptosa. And we'll bring in the president of Neptosa, Basil Manuel. Because once again, topics around uh, the safety of schools and even the safety of educators mm -hmm. comes up as much as we maybe limited in the knowledge behind how this whole incident happened and, and why it happened. But are teachers really safe? And, and how do we look at all of this? Basil, thank you for your time. Good morning. Absolute pleasure to be with you. Good morning. Yeah, I mean, not a great um, incident mm -hmm. to reflect on, Basil, when we look at some of the things uh, we've spoken about on the show. I mean, teacher protection and the safety of teachers and, and I guess the safety of schools, because it's not just teachers, it's also learners. What is your assessment of what's been happening? And you know, do we panic every time there's an incident and assume that it's bad everywhere? What is your assessment? Well, that's exactly the problem, is that we're only reacting. We never seem to be running ahead of the problem to address the issues that are there. And of course, yes, let's make a distinction between uh, what we euphemistically term the hard-to-teach at schools, the schools in areas that are known for violence, mm -hmm. the schools in areas that are known for, for flare-ups of gang activity and the like, and other schools that are outside of such boundaries. Mm -hmm. So it's obviously not all schools. However, if you look at the particular school involved, had security, had fencing, had other types of security measures in place, and yet this was still so easy. Mm. It, that is for us the tragedy. And, and we throw our hands up in despair because we know that it's not possible to have police at every school. Mm. Neither is it desirable, by the way. We, we, we know that security measures are limited. What does one person do that's walking around probably with nothing else but uh, his two hands and arms mm. and legs? Yeah. And uh, we, because we don't want uh, weapons at school, what, what does he do against two armed men? Mm. And this is where, where, where the tragedy lies. We are at wit's end. We've had many discussions, and let me be fair to the Department of Education as well. They, too, have engaged us about uh, safety measures and greater safety. However, it boils down to communities. It boils down to, to the small things that we take for granted, that schools must be part of the community, and the community must protect the school. If that doesn't happen, then we are at a loss. And this poor family that has lost a loved one, that traumatized school, not only uh, the, the family, the teachers, the mm. children. Mm. Imagine children witnessing something like that. Mm. That for us are, are, are the things that we are picking up today and we've picked up yesterday, and we will have to spend hours on that. Mm. But there's no ready solution, unfortunately. Yeah, that's, that's not uh, encouraging at all, Basil. And, and I also have to talk about you know, other issues where we've seen incidents in recent times of learners stabbing each other and you know, lives being lost, learners killing learners. I mean, just the other week, we had a call from a teacher who was based out in uh, 
Sishiko in, mm. in, in Polokwane, mm-hmm. uh, telling us on the show that some of the learners that she teaches are high. I mean, how are we dealing with these sort of issues of the violence and uh, the sense of criminality yeah. and even learners who have been up to no good coming back into the system, etc.? We've done a number of things, and one of the things that we've engaged the department on recently is to have a relook at the fact that no schools, and I'm talking about the ordinary schools, not your, your mink and manure crowd, mm. no ordinary schools, and I know not every child's life can be intervened in, but if we save 10 children out of 100, we've changed yeah. a whole generation. Yeah. And this is where one of our problems lies. We see problems, but the ordinary teacher is teaching mathematics, mm. is teaching whatever else. How do they still spend time doing the interventions, which mm. somehow people expect us to be doing? We need to look at reintroducing guidance counselors, people who are specialists who can intervene and assist, whether it's with drugs, whether it's with endemic violence that comes from the home or the broader community. We need experts who know how to intervene because children's lives can be turned around. You know, we pay a lot of lip service to the anti-GBV issue as an example. But how do you change a child whose only example has been gender-based violence? Mm -hmm. If we don't change it at school, we we then create another monster going out. Mm -hmm. Basil, that's why we need an intervention now. Absolutely, Basil. Thank you for your time.